anyway, yeah. So, as I was saying before, yeah, there's a lot of things I do like about the eating culture in China. Um, and some of the foods, I think, I could never go without again in the in the future. Um, really? So, yes. And I, I, uh, one of which would be the cuisine from Xi'an. Um, and I think we've eaten, uh, if I remember correctly, we've eaten uh, Xi'an food before. Yeah. Yeah, Xi'an is my hometown, by the way. Okay. Yeah, so great hometown to have. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I have visited Xi'an in the past, and uh, they have the uh, Muslim quarter in the middle of the city uh, mm. where you can get, like, a lot of different um, types of food. But the two different dishes that stood out for me were, firstly, the barbecue, um, so you yeah. get this lovely street barbecue with um, sort of lamb and mutton and it's it's put on like a skewer and it's barbecued yeah. above the charcoal and it's and the taste is like really, really, really good. You know, I think they season it with. Um, yeah, the certain... seasoning is always, always like uh, it's all it's almost kept like top secret. You know, every single barbecue shop, they have their own sort of secret seasoning that it makes. So people treat those things like really seriously. They almost protect it as if it was the recipe for Coca-Cola or something, you know? Wow. Yeah, so I have been to a lot of these uh, different barbecue places and you're right. I mean, there is a lot of different flavors and everyone seems to have its uh, unique sort of speciality and you, you get this barbecued meat um, and normally with it, you can have, um, I think it's sort of this type of bread that's baked in a traditional oven. Uh, correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. You're yeah. Gone. yeah. Um, and you can normally have it with a, a beer and, and you can sit outside. It's normally, I think when I was there, it was extremely hot. I mean, it was about 35 mm. degrees Celsius. Yeah. And um, the barbecues were in full flow. Uh, the beer was, you know, gushing, and uh, yeah, overall, a, a generally great time. Um, yeah, the barbecue thing is such a big part of life in Xi'an. I can I can tell you that much. It's and you know the bizarre thing about the city of Xi'an is because it used to be the sort of capital of China in like the very old dynasties. So it was almost like if if you imagine like London in asia or rome in asia that's that's basically what it, the significance of that city so you know all of these different countries foreign people if they were to visit china this is the place where they go to meet the emperor so it has a lot of influence from foreign cultures and you know those uh those the muslim quarter that you mentioned i think most of the people living there are actually Uyghur people so they brought their cuisines with them, you know, with the whole barbecue culture, as well as the bread that you were, uh, that you said you ate. I think it was, I think it, it is a variation of non-bread. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Xi'an is the traditional end of the Silk Road route um, that mm. was famously traveled by, you know, for example, Marco Polo and many other traders in the, yeah. in the past. So it does give that diverse um, range of, cuisines and um yeah the, the muslim cuisine is is amazing it's definitely worth trying there's also 
they have these traditional sort of yogurts. Um, yeah. And the the second uh, favorite dish that I have is the uh, noodle dish. Um, mm. it's, it's like a very spicy um, sort of sauce, and it's it's got like marinated beef um, on top of it, and it's these very thick uh, handmade yeah. noodles that you can that they make there. And you can actually get this all over China, and and if you're lucky, you can you can find it in the UK as well at specific restaurants. And I just think it's such a delicious um, food, and uh, it's so difficult to make as well. I mean, I don't think it's something that you can just make in your house. They have to like marinate the meat overnight. They have to hand make the noodles. Yeah, and I think there must be so so many different ingredients involved. Um, so it's always a real treat if I if I get to try that um, when I'm in China. Yeah, it is. The noodle is like a big project, you know. Like you mentioned, um, I don't know when you when you were eating that noodle. Did you see how they make it? Like you can you can legit bring one of those noodle making guys onto any stage. Like you can bring him around the world in a circus, and he would be the man of the show, you know, because he was he was stretching it, he was like playing with it, and all sorts of stuff. Is is honestly like a almost like a work of art in a sense. Yeah, uh, it's it's truly incredible, and I mean, it's not only just that the preparation and it's such a work of art. I mean, the the final product or the taste is is really great as well. So yeah, hat, hats off to them. Yeah, for sure. Um. Making just, me homesick, really. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, miss I mean, these things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I miss it too. So perhaps if I'm back in China, we can we can go and have some together. Hundred um, percent. And just finally, I think the um, just back to the overall uh, barbecue and beer sort of culture that you have in in China, I think is great. I mean, mm. when I lived there back in 2015, one of the things I truly loved was you can just go out and sit somewhere and uh, have some stir-fried noodles for a very low cost that, that tastes great and have mm-hmm. like a beer for, you know, 10 RMB with it. Um, and it's it's a really social part of life there. And it's also really accessible. So it's not just for, you know, one part of society. I mean, I think it's affordable for all um it's like everywhere so on every street corner or or on every street you can go and have this um sort of type of food and you can have a chat with anyone who's around or you can go there with your with your mates and just relax for hours yeah for sure i think that's also a big thing about uh living in china is that um especially in these kind of settings where it's a lot casual and is a lot more relaxed. People people are happy to talk to virtually anyone, especially if you're a foreigner and you you know some of the words in the Chinese language, or maybe the people around you know a few words in English. You know, you because you guys are so different, you automatically have this. Um, you know, you both kind of automatically have this curiosity to talk with each other, and you know, you end up having a great time whenever you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really, you know, very social place and very hospitable um, people. And um, I think there was one noodle restaurant that that uh, I went to every day. I mean, when I was working in Hangzhou, I went to... Really? I was, yeah, I was working at a local school in my area. And there was this noodle restaurant on the way back, like when I walked back to my house. And 
every single day I used to meet my flatmate in this in this restaurant and we'd have you know like I think it's chow mein you know just fried with like eggs yeah, yeah. bean sprouts and these mm-hmm. like delicious noodles and you can also get dumplings and um is it jiaozi or baozi the fried yeah jiaozi jiaozi yeah really delicious you know so or maybe maybe it could be baozi i don't know is is it like bigger uh there were so many different options i think that's yeah that's uh probably need some pictures but um <laughs> yeah and actually in january i went back to this restaurant after like four or five years and the same wow. the same lady was uh working she there. must have recognized you yeah she was so happy you know and we were all like really happy and uh we got like wow. a nice picture together and uh ate a lot of food as well so yeah these are these are really nice the, yeah the sort of happy um food memories from china yeah um, man, that that's that's the thing it's just um you know when when you go to a restaurant so often and especially when it's a small restaurant you get to know the people working there the people that's preparing your food and you you just unlock like an entire secret menu because they'll they'll be willing to like help you to prepare your or specialize your dishes for you whenever you go it's also like a you know added bonus to that yeah and yeah definitely you also have great memories together yeah 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 it's it's great and sometimes i do miss that here in europe and uh, what what about you yukon is there any um european eating experiences that you'd like to share well i would definitely say you know my i think i think the biggest uh, sort of in, the most interesting thing i found about the eating culture in europe is that eating becomes a lot more is a lot more casual and people don't people don't make a huge deal out of it um as long as it's not like a very much dedicated event because i remember as a child i used to get brought to different kind of dinner parties or whatever things with you know the adults in my family and there's a lot there there used to have there used to be a lot of like formality in that and it really makes me nervous whenever i go because it's is is so much more about a social event rather than you know eating food but you know as a kid i didn't i didn't give a crap about any of the social stuff i just wanted to eat because it's lunchtime or it's dinner time and i was hungry but then there's so many rules about where you sit like you know uh do you eat first or if you're the youngest kid you should eat you should start eating last you should always wait for you know older people to get started and as a younger member of the family you should always give toasts to every single one that's older than you to show your respect so it was a whole like show it wasn't it wasn't about eating it wasn't about appreciating the food anymore even though the food items were so 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 nice and appealing so i i didn't i i was given you know it's almost like you're locked in heaven but you're not allowed to enjoy it so that's that's kind of my situation back then and i really didn't like that but when i moved to the uk i realized you know eating with friends is so casual you know you can you can eat you can talk and you don't necessarily have to drink while you eat because you have you have a whole drinking session dedicated to purely alcohol after that 
<laughs> and then you you can just you know you can just be super casual and easy about everything, and you don't have to worry about too much of the manner stuff. You don't have to worry about too much of the unnecessary things. You just you know you focus on the food, you focus on your conversation, and you have a great time. And that's I think that's the happiness and the simplicity for me. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely something that I really enjoyed. Yeah, and I know you've um, traveled around Europe to some different countries. I'm just wondering if there's a, a particular cuisine or a particular uh, country's food that stands out to you as the best or perhaps where you enjoyed eating the most. Well, um, I would say, I don't know if that still counts as Europe. Like, I, I think the most impressionable food that I had in the European continent, well, some people would dispute that this is not Europe, but I would say it was it was when I was in Istanbul in Turkey. Um, and obviously I ate this on the European side, so still technically Europe. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was the western side of the Bos river Bosphorus, so it's still Europe. Um, and when I was there, I ate, you know, some 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 of the most amazing foods that I've ever had. Um, is is quite similar uh, style to what you experienced in Xi'an, you know, with the Muslim food culture. But it was a lot more, it, it seemed, you know, it was a lot more well presented, you know, because all the barbecue stuff and all the beer stuff and uh, fried noodles and whatever in China, they're, they're tasty. But, you know, on the surface, when they're, when they're brought to your table, they don't look like a proper nice dish. But when when those food were being nicely presented, nicely plated, and they were well put together, and you can tell the chef put a lot of effort in making it look pretty, that's what I experienced in Turkey, and it was it was really really nice. It was like um, every single day, you when, whenever we go to proper Turkish restaurants, you get a large choice, large range of choices. Um, of different types of kebab. Now, this is not the late night, I'm super drunk, I don't care what I eat kind, kind of kebab you have in the UK. Is you know, is, is the kind of kebab where you really care about the meat and you know that the chefs who are cooking these things are putting a lot of effort in marinating and putting the right spices. And then you can, almost, you, you can also see them making these things and putting them onto the uh, grill and you know doing everything and that that's that was really 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 cool for me and I think another reason why I, I say that's really impressionable was also the setting um, while we were eating these foods you know is Istanbul is such a amazing and crazy place at the same time is like when east meets west right everything is just Everything that seems so much conflicted on both spectrums suddenly gets all mixed up in, in this one small city and in this country. So it's like you have blonde Turkish people walking around and on the other on the other side you have these like, you know, traditional Turkish grandpas that have a, a full beard and they're, you know, they're all about being a nice Muslim and do all these conservative stuff. It was, it was really cool, and you see, you also see that from their history. And you know, we visited one of those castles, and they had like they had China 
as in the porcelain uh, plates and bowls yeah. and stuff. And they also have all of these, you know, other stuff like forks, knives, everything. And the way that their culture was formed is is really yeah. interesting. It's a lot of contrast and it's a lot of mixture. Yeah, so, a true mix of, yeah. of, of different peoples and cultures, maybe similar to, to Xi'an as well. Um, anyway, I hope that you've uh, enjoyed listening to this. And I think we've, we've both enjoyed reminiscing over different foods that we've tried. And uh, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know about you, I'd certainly like to uh, try them again. Oh, I would definitely love to try that again. I mean, yeah. you know, I mentioned Turkey, but, you know, another thing that I really enjoyed about the European eating culture is all the Christmas markets. I, I loved going to Christmas markets. I mean, not, not like the London winter wonderland. That's, that's a bit too much commercialized. But when you go to smaller cities, and you have these proper local Christmas markets. They were just so amazing. You have mulled wine, and you walk around with that mug, and you go you go around and eat all the different types of stuff. That's you know that's yeah. like a must do every single winter. Yeah, for me. Yeah, definitely. They're very popular in uh, in Europe, and there's also the famous uh, mulled wine that you can you can have at these Christmas markets, especially mm. in Germany and and the UK. Um, but Perhaps that's uh, something we can we can discuss another day. Um, yeah. And any any final uh, remarks, Yukon? Well, the final remark is, <laughs> I'm so glad that I just ate before we talked about this because I know if I didn't eat anything, I would be so hungry right now. <laughs> yeah. So I think that might be the difference here because I haven't yet had breakfast. So. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's I why you wanted to end this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening and we will we will speak to you again soon. Yes, yes. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening.